Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book. I'm a registered dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with Jason Lau, a registered dietitian who is an animal lover at heart who stumbled upon dietetics through a very personal discovery. In a world of the female-dominated career of dietetics, I'm always drawn to connecting with males who go into the field. I like to hear their story and their journey of how they got there. Jason and I connected through Instagram through a few discussions about loving our work and finding the joy in what we do. He shares his personal journey to dietetics and how he is using his story to help his patients as a clinical dietitian and also the clients he sees in his own private practice. He does share some real talk about being a male dietitian and what the future holds for him. Please enjoy my conversation with Jason. Excited to, I think it's really, it's like two hours earlier where you live. I think it's like 4.30 your time. Yeah, it's 4.30 yeah. here, right? Okay, so it's 6.30 where I am. So yeah. we don't have any sun out right now. So I, I'm glad that it's sunny in your neck of the woods, hopefully. Ish. <laughs> Vancouver. <laughs> tell, me where you're, tell me where you live. So I live in Vancouver, uh, British Columbia in Canada. Um, have you been before? I haven't, but it's on my bucket list. It looks so gorgeous there. It is beautiful um, when it's nice weather, but I think we get a crazy amount of rain here. Um, so when it's raining, which is usually like eight or 10 months out of a year, it's oh. pretty sad and gloomy. <laughs> and we've just started raining today. So is this the rainy time that it starts this time of year? It is, it is. Yeah, it gets pretty depressing and gloomy. Aww. But we're used to it now. So. Yeah, well, are you, were you born and raised in Vancouver? No, so I was born in Hong Kong. And then I moved here when I was three. So I pretty much grew up here. Okay, very good. Yeah. Very good. Well, I'm excited to hear more about um, kind of how you got interested in the field of dietetics. Kind of what led you to choose that as a profession? Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're pretty fun stories, not very, and I think the thing about dietitians is that quite often you meet them and they all have very interesting ways of how they got into the profession in the first place. It's never very linear, I find. Um, so for me, um, random fact, I'm a very big animal nerd. Um, I'm an only child, so I grew up with lots of pets. And uh, living in Vancouver, we have so much beautiful wildlife here, so Entering university, um, I was planning on working in salmon conservation. That was my deal. I wanted to protect the salmon, save the stock, and make them flourish and whatever. So that's how I entered university. And um, after I finished high school, um, I was living a pretty unhealthy life, I would say. Um, and what had happened was I had gone to the doctor, my GP, who's known me my entire life, and I'm like, hey, doctor, no, um, I'm getting ready to start university now, but I don't know why I feel so terrible right now. I think I'm having an allergic reaction to something. I'm very puffy all the time. And she takes a look at me and she's like, no, I've known you all my life. You're not allergic to anything. I think it was just your eating habits and you just gained weight. Um, and I was like, oh, 
<laughs> what? Um, really? It was a really weird. Yeah, it was a weird wake up call for me. And um, I mean, I was never massive. I was a chunky kid. And um, at this point, I was like, okay, well, no, no, I got to change something. So I started looking online, like, how do I eat better? How to start exercising? And that's kind of how I started to, to really get into the whole health thing. And throughout my first year of university, I started dropping a little bit of weight. Um, so I'm about six feet tall. I was 220 pounds or so. So no, not, not big. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started working out and my friends were noticing. They're like, Oh man, like you look fantastic. What are you doing? And I'm all, well, first of all, I had my first salad <laughs> at the age of 19. Um, <laughs> your first so salad was at age my 19. My first salad. Yes. <laughs> I hated vegetables. Um, but I got into it and I started feeling so much better and I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I, I enjoyed learning how to cook more and random people I would meet at school, they just assumed I was in dietetics and um, I had no idea what this even was. So I remember one person told me and I'm like, well, well what's that? And they're like, oh, are you becoming a dietitian? I'm like, I have no clue what that is. And they're like, oh, like you seem like you're the type to be that. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Thanks. And <laughs> I remember Googling um, on my u- university website how to you know what the program is, what a dietitian is. And I took one look at the list of requirements and the process. And I was like, uh-uh, not happening. I am not doing this <laughs> long application. Forget it. Um, and I kind of put it off for another couple of months. And, you know, but then, you know, the seed was planted and it started creeping up on me again. I'm like, no. I think I might actually want to do this because people were continuously coming up to me, asking me for advice and telling me that I inspired them to be healthier. And I didn't want to give unwarranted, um, unprofessional advice. So I actually looked into it a bit more and I was like, you know what? I got to do it. I'm making the change. And I applied to change my major. And that's kind of how I got started in the whole big process. Oh my goodness. That's so interesting how such a personal story you have with not knowing anything about it and then having that, I don't feel good. I, I, there's something wrong with me too. I just need to change how I eat. That's crazy. Yeah. So I, I come up with a very passionate kind of background that brought me to dietetics. So I get very fired up when I talk about it. I often get very emotional and it's, very, very silly of me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think it's silly at all because that just <laughs> says how much you, I mean, it. it's very personal for you and it's very mm. much a part of who you are and part of your journey. So get fired up as much as you want. I think that's Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when you went to university, so when you started taking the classes, were you mm. in love with them? Did you feel like you really connected with the classes and that was easy for you? You know, the funny thing is I love the content I was learning about. Um, but the thing is, I'm not a classroom person. Um, it's really bad of me, but I never attended classes. You do? Um, <laughs> no, um, it's terrible because uh, I would maybe go to about three classes per semester and I would skip all my other classes. Um, I would show up for the exams and that was pretty much it. And you pass all of them, no problem. Oh, no. I, the thing is, I love studying and I love running exams. And it sounds so bizarre, but exams just like give me this thrill and it's amazing. So 
I love studying for them, like very methodically. And, um, and that's how I did really well in school. And it pissed all my classmates off. They're like, how do you not come to class and do so well? But I think it's just because I loved what I was studying and I wanted to take my time and learn it on my own accord. And that's why I didn't do well in class. I don't want to be talked to. I want to be able to kind of explore things on my own. Um, and you no, know, before each exam, I would be a walking textbook. I would hold study sessions from my classmates and I would be teaching them all things. So yeah, I love the classes that I did. I mean, barring biochem and, you know, <laughs> those non-so-fun oh, yeah. classes that we did. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's very... I would have been jealous of you too. I would have totally been mad at you. <laughs> I mean, what a great thing though that you basically taught yourself and dropped hmm. it and did really well. Yeah. So how'd you do with the internship then? Was that like a better experience because it wasn't the classroom type setting? Um, Kind of. So I know that internships work very differently everywhere you go. So... Maybe I'll talk about how my program worked. Sure. Um, so uh, in Western Canada, the only place you can get um, a dietetic program like mine is at UBC. So um, it's a five-year program. It's a bachelor's. So you do four years of your undergrad, and then you do the 10-month-long internship. So you kind of enter it as a generic food and nutrition um, degree. And then after your second year, that's when you apply for dietetics. And uh, you only get two tries. And then if you fail on your second try, they're like, no, do something else with your life. This is not for you. <laughs> this is not for you. <laughs> yeah. So that's how it worked. Um, and I, I didn't get in the first try. I cried for days and days and days. It was horrible. Um, but yeah, I got in my second try. So that was great. And um, I got my first choice of uh, placement. So there's about, I think, six or seven large health authorities in BC. I'm probably totally wrong with that number. So don't quote me. Okay. Um, <laughs> but you kind of list them and, and it's a lottery system. So you basically get chosen. And then if you're chosen first, you get your first choice if it's available, so forth and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you don't apply specifically to sites where as I think that a lot of it is how it works in the States. Like yeah. people apply to certain hospitals and, and whatnot, right? Yeah. Um yeah, so it's more competitive getting into the program versus competitive getting an internship for us. Um and for me internship was a very big roller coaster ride. Um it started off very rough. Um and I basically spent my first two rotations. I would I would cry every day walking into the hospital, just fearful for my life and my uh-huh. future. And I was there for 12 hours a day. And I think it was just because my preceptors and I didn't click. And it was just not a good time. Um, but then after that, for all those first two rotations, I don't know what happened, but it just became smooth sailing and it was just so much fun. And I ended up finishing internship in a very, very high note. Um, and it kind of helped me discover a love for clinical, which I never thought I would have. Um, so I've been working clinical ever since. Really? So what, when, yeah. you, when you went into internship, what did you think you were going to be kind of drawn to? Well, for me, because I got drawn into dietetics because of, you no. Know, basic healthy eating principles and learning how to make healthy snacks. I thought I was a lot more suitable for outpatient or 
um, group classes or, mm-hmm. um, no, doing those kind of things, but never having that hospital experience to begin with, I guess, didn't let me see what was out there. But when I got exposure to it in internship, I just, it was so much fun for me and just learning about the medical stuff and interacting with the team. Um, I got hooked. So yeah, that's how I kind of transitioned into it. That's interesting. Cause I think, I think clinical is very intimidating when you first start, yeah. but it is like, there's like a thrill about it of like, Ooh, what kind of cool thing am I going to get to see today? Or who do I get to work with? Or what's yeah. on this chart? Did you, I'm <laughs> guessing you kind of felt that way too, when you were there. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, it, it was just so interesting how food had such a big part to play in medicine as well. And um, just seeing how doctors or nurses would actually respect what you had to say and wanted your input on it. I was like, oh, okay. I don't have to talk about just eating vegetables and doing this kind of stuff. This is so cool. And I can do TPNs and tube feeds. Um, so it, it kind of brought a whole new area of dietetics into light for me. And, you know, I really do enjoy it a lot. And that's great that you do have those nurses and physicians wanting your input and asking you questions. Yeah. Because I think that's kind of rare sometimes. I think it's hard to build those relationships. It is. No, I I talk about this with my coworkers all the time. Um, And I think a big part of it is just, unfortunately, the fact that I'm a male. Um. And I am the only male dietitian at our hospital. Are um, you? And it's a very big hospital. So when everyone like when everyone talks about the dietitians, like, oh, that that male one, they know who I am. <laughs> so I'm very I'm very memorable in that sense, and therefore I think a lot of what I say gets remembered by people, and I might have an easier time than a lot of my other colleagues. <laughs> well, that's use that to your advantage for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How many dietitians are do you work with? So I think in our hospital, there is uh, probably 25 to 30 of us. Okay. Um, and just acute care. And then we also have outpatients and, and whatnot. So it's a pretty oh. big site. Wow. That's, yeah, that's a lot of dietitians. You probably don't even know yeah. some of them. Yeah. I mean, like the pediatrics ones, I don't really talk uh, talk to, but most of them I know and we hang out sometimes. So. Yeah, I was going to ask, do you have like, do you get together for meetings and kind of like do things, anything together as far as your work and outside of work? Yeah, so we're a very um, pretty tight knit group um, and we have a lot of interprofessional development days. So, for instance, I think once a month we'll have each um, dietitian from a different um, area do a presentation on a case study. So even though we might work only in medicine, we get to talk about patients who are surgical or um, oncology. So we got to see a bit of everything and learn. Um, and we do things like that. We, we're we very big potluck and party people. So <laughs> yes, any excuse to you know, have a little party, we'll do that. We do monthly birthday celebrations. So we do interact quite a lot. Oh, that's great. And you probably have yeah. a, a variety of ages and just backgrounds and all different types of things. Yeah, it's big, big and diverse group of people that we have. <laughs> That's fun. That makes it really fun. And it's fun to learn from your coworkers that you don't know anything about to learn something new from them. Yeah, for sure. Because some of them have been there since the you know, hospital really started 
opening and doing all this stuff. So they've seen everything. They've seen how you know practice has changed from when they were interns up till now, right? So mm-hmm. um, it's really interesting just talking to them about anything, really. So did you did you intern at the place that you're employed or no? I didn't. Um, so I interned um, at another pretty large site in the uh, middle of um, Vancouver. But um, I, after doing interviews, um, the place where I work now just felt so much more right and comfortable. The dynamics just felt so much more easygoing that I kind of decided that where I work now would be the you know, best place for me. Um, yeah, yeah. Is the job market in where you live, is it difficult? Is it saturated since you have a school there and there's a lot of maybe dietitians? I mean, is there, mm-hmm. how is the job market where you live? Um, it's pretty good because um, each year we only release about 30 to 35 dietitians out into the workforce because um, our program is very small. Okay. Um, so most places will tend to hire at least half of their interns afterwards in terms of a clinical setting. Mm-hmm. And I think 90% of us will have jobs three months after graduation. Oh. Um, so clinical is a really easy market to get into here in terms of jobs. Um, and because Vancouver is such a health conscious city, um, private practice is also really easy to start up if you kind of have a, have that go getter kind of attitude. Um, and same with rest care. Um, But in terms of like public health, uh, community health, um, that's a very small market over here. And um, there aren't very many uh, dietitians who work in that area. Interesting. I didn't know Vancouver was a very health conscious city. Oh, man. Yeah, we have like 40 varieties of kale in each grocery store. No, really? We are crazy people here. It is ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) well that's fun for you that you could explore all that different kind i mean we don't have that much kale variety in iowa (laughs) that's really that's that sounds like a very fun fun place for a dietitian to live yeah definitely so tell me about what you do as a clinical dietitian what does a day in the life look like for you Mm -hmm. um so i work casually um, so I kind of bounce around where I'm needed, but the majority of the time I do cover um, surgical or medicine um, or uh, oncology units. So the day kind of starts off, I'm assuming like most dietitians, where we kind of go in, we we do a screening, we see what kind of patients we have to see, who's new, who's still there. Um, and then from that point, we prioritize uh, we go see our patients, go to rounds, um, do our thing, chart, you know, have lunch, hang out, get a coffee. Yeah. Typical kind of stuff. <laughs> Perfect. I hope there's part of that happening during your day. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're a very relaxed bunch and we're all about work-life balance. So if someone's working through lunch, we're like, stop it right now. You're coming with us. We're going outside. We're going to pause. Fun. Yes. So, Absolutely. So you work um, kind of like as needed. So PRN, do you work all the time though? Because I'm sure you're probably needed all the time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So no, I, I'm technically a casual, but I more or less have full-time hours. Um, and it's difficult because sometimes when our schedules are made ahead of time, they look quite sparse. And I've been trying to do my own private practice as well. So I'll schedule in clients and 
as um, you know, the schedule progresses, more and more shifts get added onto it. And then I'm like, oh, no, I'm really busy right. <laughs> and, you know, doing two jobs in one day. And it gets quite happy. Do you work all days? I mean, like at the hospital, are you there? Could it be any time of the day or do you have kind of set hours that you work when you do work? Um, we're pretty flexible. So um, I'm a morning person. So I usually get there by 7.30 and then I'm out of there by 3.30 or so. But um, there's really no set rules, but more so on surgery, we tend to be earlier there just because the surgeons will tend to round a little earlier and we want to catch them. Um, we want to talk to them about any kind of patients or, or whatnot. Very good. Now, so now you need to tell me about this private practice. That sounds interesting. Tell me more about that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I knew that after internship, I did not want to pursue it at all. Um, just because there were too many things on my plate and I was just excited to be doing some kind of work and, um, I didn't want to go crazy, but, um, people just are coming up to me just, you know, through word of mouth or whatnot. They're like, Hey, I know you're a dietitian. Like, do you see these kind of patients? Can you see me? Can you see my mom? And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm like, I'm really busy. And the demand was just there. So I kind of decided, okay, maybe I'll do it very slowly. I'll take on one person at a time and go from there. And now I have to constantly tell people I'm too busy that I'm booked. So I think it's going well. well yeah, it's going very well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm really enjoying it when I have time to do it. But, you know, I also do some classes sometimes. So for instance, um, my old my university will reach out and they'll say hey like we're doing a study about um for stroke patients um, who are learning about lifestyle improvements can you come do a series of five classes for them regarding nutrition and i'm like no sure why not so i'll do little things like that as well and that's a nice break from the hospital environment just keep things interesting so sure do you now do you do you get paid to do those classes I do. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really, they, well, they must think very highly of you for, you know, to have your own <laughs> university ask if you could teach some classes. Well, I mean, there are small classes of like 10 sure. people, but, but still, <laughs> that's, do, that's like, wonderful. Yeah. What do you like the best out of all like teaching classes or private practice or clinical? Is there one that you prefer that you enjoy the most? Um, I think they all have, you know, pros and cons to each situation. Um, with private practice, what I really like is just the potential for follow-up and to see your clients change. You know, because quite often in the hospital, once people get better, they go home and never see them again. And if they come back, it's because they're not doing well, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas with your private clients, they you, know, you see them every couple of weeks, every month. And just to have them text you sometimes saying, oh my gosh, I'm no longer having explosive diarrhea thanks to you or (laughs) I lost five pounds. I'm feeling great and I'm not hungry all the time. It's that's no, that brings me a lot of fulfillment and and joy because for me, like food did so much for my health and my sense of well-being that I also want people to be able to experience this. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think private practice is where I really can see this happening. So, Yeah. That's well, and I think I I'm kind of like you. I like the variety of having different kind of outlets as a dietitian. I think mm-hmm. do you feel like we kind of need that to help keep our to keep us going, kind of like keep the spark going for sure. So that's why I think I like 
I, I think I find a lot of dietitians always have like either a side hustle or something else that they kind of <laughs> do that they enjoy. Yeah, definitely. So you, you don't, you don't want to get stuck in one place, right? And right. And you can see avenues to you know, explore your creativity and, and all that kind of stuff. So. Well, and I could yeah. see you since you have such a personal story, I bet private practice, you know, working with people, you really can relate with people that are struggling with anything when it comes to food. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, just through working, um, I, I've kind of been able to see different kinds of dietitians and whatnot. And something that kind of bothers me sometimes is when I see the ones who are like, well, for instance, weight loss was my thing, right? That that kind of helped me become healthier. They're like, all you have to do is restrict your calories, eat less junk food, and you're fine. But it's not that easy. And I think sometimes people often forget the emotional side of things and, and the struggle. And um, and that's why I think having that experience there really goes a long way in terms of being to relate to your patients. And um and I think that's maybe what's something that I have that makes me able to communicate a lot better with certain clients. Um, yeah. Well, obviously, if they're seeking you out or they're like, hey, you're a dietitian, will you help me? <laughs> mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm trying to be a bit more careful about the people I'm picking up for clients because quite often <laughs> I've realized that people just want an easy way out as well. And when you don't, when you tell them what they don't, want to hear they get a little irritated mm-hmm. um and especially being a private practice like you're liable for everything right so the last thing you want is for them to tell everyone that they know oh don't go to this person they didn't tell me this thing and that thing and they told me that this diet was not good they're a sham and you know sure. screw up my own in that way that's kind of true. That's kind of a scary part of private practice because you are liable for everything and if one person drags you through the mud then that could be the end of it. Yeah. And you no, know, like I said, I'm, I'm one of very few male dietitians out there. So if someone says something bad, it's you no know, very high chances of people will think that it's me. So that's true. <laughs> that male <laughs> dietitian. <laughs> I know double edged sword. And uh, do you think it's hard to be a male dietitian in such a female dominated, dominated profession? Um, no, I think I can go both ways. Um, for instance, if I go to a networking event, sometimes, like, quite often people will be like, oh, I know who you are. I've heard about you. Um, <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> great. Hope what have you nice heard? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think if it's good things that people are saying about you, then it's great. But if it's not, then it's you know, obviously terrible. Mm-hmm. But you know, one thing that um, I'm not very, not uh, I, I, I kind of feel bad about is just, being a male, um, especially in the hospital environment, uh, you know, people quite often will tend to listen to you more, if that makes sense. And it's horrible. Like, it should not be this way. And I, I you know, so, because our diet, our, our profession has really been paved by so many amazing women, because it's very female dominant, at least here it is. And mm-hmm. just for people to listen to me over others, just for the, the fact that I'm a male kind of ticks me off. Um, but otherwise, you I don't know that comes across so well. No, or not, no I totally understand what you're saying because yeah. you're right. People tend to listen to a male, well, and probably in a clinical setting too, because of like physicians. A male physician seems to be more respected, 
or a male or a physical therapist. Definitely. And with, you know, when I tend to, I could suggest the exact same thing that my female colleague does. And I would say maybe six out of 10 physicians at our hospital will listen to me and say no to the other one, just purely because I'm the guy. And I think that's complete BS and it definitely needs to change. Um, so I think in those settings, I'm put at an unfair advantage over my colleagues. Um, sure. And, yeah. and that's hard because you're like, I, uh, you like want to be like, well, you just listen to her. She knows what she's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so stupid. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of silly, but it is true. And I, I know that that's just, that's a mind, that's a mind shift. Like hopefully yeah. though, like as more males go into the dietitian profession that'll kind of start to shift a little bit more that you guys can kind of also I think help us get more recognition as dietitians like in the hospital like you being there maybe will even put a dietitian on the radar for some positions for sure. yeah yeah and no we, there are more and more men coming into it which is nice to see um, but it's really funny because sometimes even during school we'll have dedicated weeks to like women in dietetics or how to be a woman in healthcare. And um, the two guys will just in the back, like, okay, well, this is interesting. You know, just to learn about. That is interesting. I always Mm -hmm. wonder about that because it is, you know, with being a male in that, in our profession, it's, I'm sure it's got to be challenging sometimes just too with, as other females being a part of group of bigger females and you being the only guy that has to be just kind of like, Oh, well, yeah, I'm out here on the <laughs> Island by myself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so how long have you worked at the hospital? So, um, I've been there for maybe a, a year and four months now. Okay. Um, I started like two days after I finished internship. So oh, that's exciting. Yeah. yeah. You didn't have a break. Yeah. No, you should have taken no. some time off. <laughs> I know. And that's why I was so tired a couple months in and it got to the point where I was burning out and I just needed to get away. And that's when I started booking all these vacations I've been on the last oh. couple months. Where have you gone? So, Do share. Well, in June, um, like was one day before rounds um, when I was working, I was just feeling so tired and texting my best friend. I'm like, look, I need to get away. You need to get away. I'm booking us a trip to Mexico. And she's like, oh, like when? And I just picked a random week in June. I'm like, this week? And she's like, uh, sure. And I booked it in 10 minutes. And I was like, done, dusted. I'm going to Mexico. I'm going to spend a week there. It was amazing. Awesome. And I came back. And then I went to LA for a week. Um, and then I came back and then I went to um, Kelowna, which is kind of like our wine country over here. Um, and just doing a four road trips here and there, just to get away. You know, doesn't have to be for a long time, but just to change up the environment a little bit and to get mm-hmm. away from work. Well, I think with clinical, um, I did clinical for seven years. It's you burn out quickly in clinical, yeah. obviously, since you feel that way already, you know, a, a year and a half into your profession. Mm-hmm. And the thing with our hospital is that we have weekend coverage for dietitians as well. Mm-hmm. So at one point I was working six days a week and oh, wow. like I was barely home. I spent so much time at the hospital that pretty much even now the entire hospital knows me like across <laughs> all the units. They know who I am. 
And that's how much I was there. And it just needed to kind of change a little bit. So now I kind of have set days off in the week. So I never work Sundays. I have most weekends off. And it's just a much better balance for me now. Well, did you feel like as a new dietitian entering the workforce that you just had to work regardless? You could never say no. Like you just had to do whatever was asked. Yeah, it was definitely a key factor. And just the fact that I was getting paid for the first time in how long? I was like, I think I'm making all this money that I've not been getting. So yeah, I just kept saying yes to everything. And and before I knew it, it was just too much. Well, I think it's great that you realize, you know, the at the point in your career, you're like, I have got to do something about this or I'm going to not want to work anymore. You know, like, you know, setting yourself a schedule and and doing some vacations. And I think maybe as newer dietitians, we need to be more comfortable doing that. Hmm. And I also think that I was just coming off of a high from internship because I was feeling so confident and so excited to actually start working. And I kind of, mm-hmm. you know, pulled me across, but it was, you know, I got too ahead of myself at one point. Sure, sure. I know. I totally understand that because we do, we get so excited to get paid and then to to be wanted and to work. And sometimes yeah. that's not the best thing to be going all in like you need to scale back a little bit i know and i totally want to thank you for all that those nice comments you've been leaving on my instagram post when i've been talking about this stuff like you've been fantastic (laughs) well it's so true though because i think like we just dietitians say yes to everything and we do Mm -hmm. we need to need that self-care part we need to take care of ourselves and i totally agree with you on that yeah. And then you were saying, I think before that, you know, this is our career. So we have to actually enjoy what we're doing and you can enjoy it if you're actually burning out. Right. So. Right. Right. That's so true. And then you then you get to the point where like, you know how you felt when you went like that first couple of weeks of your internship where you're crying because you don't want to go. Yeah. And if you get oh like that, that's bad. You know, like if you yeah. get like that in your job, then that's not a good thing. I know. And that trauma will stay with me forever. I mean, now it's something I can laugh about because I think I'm far off enough into the future. But (laughs) in the moment, it was horrible. Oh, my gosh. Sure. And I've had that kind of moment in my career, too, where you just like you don't know what else to do. So you just cry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I remember just, yeah, like walking into, um, I think my internship group was uh, eight people. And we have a shared library space where all the interns hang out. And I remember walking to there one morning. And before anyone could say hi to me, I just start bawling my eyes out. <laughs> and I'm like sitting down, people just awkwardly eating the breakfast. And they're like, oh, what's wrong with him? <laughs> you okay? And I'm like, no, nothing's okay. <laughs> you know, that's a great, you know, that's so good to admit that you felt like that. Because, you know, when I don't know when I talk to a lot of dietitians, no one ever shares that part. And you know, everybody has had that. Yeah. And I think that's why I'm also really passionate about just making sure that I provide some emotional support for the interns, whether or not they're actually my intern or not. It just, I like checking in with them, like, Hey, like, how's, how's life going? Just if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. And because I know how it feels to be on the bottom end of things. Right. And I want to make sure that they don't go through that alone. So, oh, that's so. So you take interns as well. So now you're you're precepting yourself. Well, not so much precepting, but I'll pop in for a day or two if I need to. Um, but it's more so just, you know, when we're having lunch together, we'll be like, 
how are things going? Do you have any questions, concerns, and kind of chat to them that way? I love that. That's so great that you do that. I was just talking about that with somebody. I'm like, just reach out Mm -hmm. to a dietitian intern or a student and just kind of see how they are and see how they're doing and just make sure they're okay. (laughs) Yeah, because sometimes you just have to talk to someone who's not your preceptor (laughs) just to kind of get your thoughts out there and and just stop freaking out about things. Mm -hmm. And just lose. If you have to lose your shit, lose your shit. Just do it. (laughs) Exactly. I'm very good at it. So do you kind of see, what do you kind of see as your biggest passion? I mean, like you talked about, you know, just your own personal health. And is there mm-hmm. anything in the dietetics field that you're very passionate about? Like a something um, like a disease or, you know, something health that you kind of see yourself wanting to educate yourself more on and kind of work in? Right. Um, huh. That's a good question. I know. I feel like- <laughs> There's, there's different aspects of each area that I'm really passionate about. I think that um, with with clinical, um, definitely having clinical interns, that's something I really want to go into if I continue in clinical. Mm-hmm. And um, an area that I actually really loved um, during my internship was liver transplant. Because oh. um, remember, I saw this uh, one patient in my very, very first week um, on my rotation there. And I had no idea what I was doing. I was just going off a script, you know. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, this guy came in just Simpson yellow, ascites. He looked like he was pregnant, but he was skin and bones everywhere else. And I thought in my head, like, what am I going to do for this guy? I'm just a student. This is my second day in this rotation. But I know I did my thing anyways. And um, I came back to do relief um, in that rotation afterwards a couple of months later. And luckily enough, um, a lever came up for this guy and he comes in to do his pre-op assessment and he was a completely different person. He looked amazing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what have you been doing? And he and his wife were like, you happened. I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, we followed everything you told us to do. And, you know, he's felt so much better and and his surgery went fantastic because he was so much better nourished and um the fa- the couple just started crying and they hugged me and oh they offered goodness. to host me at their beautiful beachfront villa on the island here <laughs> and oh my gosh um, <laughs> yeah and they even offered to write um letters to like the head of the medical board to tell them that they have to hire me afterwards because that's how much i was able to, to change their life and and then at that point, I was like, oh, my God, like, I'm just a student and I was able to do this. And I think that really solidified my love for transplants. Um, and it kind of showed me that just because you don't often see people afterwards in clinical settings, it doesn't mean that your advice goes, you know, useless and that people can actually benefit from it. So um, that's what, you know, that those kind of thoughts really keep me into the clinical mind frame. So. Yeah. yeah, what a story. That's pretty. That's that'll be something you never forget. What a great story. I know. <laughs> that's, <laughs> it was, yeah, uh, that's amazing. Definitely a highlight. Yeah. <laughs> well, and liver transplant, that is some tricky stuff. So good job being a yeah. student and take and giving the right advice. I wouldn't have known yeah, what to do. So much fun. <laughs> yeah. And um, no, there's only one place you can get liver transplants in Vancouver. And my preceptor has been doing it ever since the center opened. So oh, 30 wow. something years and it's just been her. So she's the expert. And I 
she was just a wealth of knowledge and I loved her so much. Wow. I bet so. I bet you just got so much information. Well, you know, never know. That might be a job, you know, when she retires, maybe you could <laughs> <into>. <laughs> Never know. We'll see. Never know. So it really sounds like your heart really is in that clinical arena. Like yeah. you just really have found a passion there. And that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you also love to do some social media. You also blog. I, I know that you have your own blog and you kind of like to write and do things like that as well. Yeah. I mean, that's taking a bit of a backseat. Um, I would say that... Um, Social media was a much larger thing for me when I was applying for dietetics. Um, cause for us, um, it's, I think grades are only 40% of what determines whether or not you get into the program. And a lot of it is your extracurriculars and, and whatnot. So when I was preparing to apply, I thought, okay, well, I think I'm good at social media. So maybe I'll kind of blog and do all this stuff. And, I kind of took up food blogging and I put it up on my Instagram, my old Instagram, which doesn't exist anymore. Um, just documenting what I eat in a day. And people are like, I need recipes for that. I need recipes for that. And I'm like, well, I don't want to type it up on my phone and post on an Instagram comment. That's just too much work. You know, my fingers don't move that fast. So yeah. And then I created um, a website, just a very basic one. And I would, put really crappy quality photos on there and type up a brief recipe and call it a day. And I don't know what happened. Maybe it was just luck, but um, I was getting hundreds of comments and questions every single day. And um, I think I had reached, I think 10,000 follow uh, views within the first few weeks of opening my blog. Wow. And that blew my mind. I was just, you know, a measly 20 year old doing God knows what on the internet, right? <laughs> and I had companies that started uh, started reaching out to me for like sponsored posts and asking me to like fly to Toronto for events. Um, and I was like, ah, wow. too much. Um, but that's really how I got into it. And I was um, writing things for like online magazines and just through backlinking. I'm like, oh, some uh, Atlantic, I mean, uh, housewives magazine <laughs> has featured your recipe in this. I'm like, all right, I don't know how they found me, Great. but sure. <laughs> yeah, and then I was bumping to people in the streets who were like, I read your blog post. I made your food. It was great. And I was like, oh my God, this is great. Fantastic. But mm-hmm. once I got into the program, school kind of t- I took over and I was like, no, I like, I got to focus on school for now. And I kind of just shut things down on that part. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm like, well, maybe when I have time, I'll dabble in it. But definitely I'm not going as intensely as it was way sure. back when. I understand because that internship, you got to land that. So you got to do whatever you yeah. can. <laughs> I know. That's pretty interesting, though, how you just kind of had people, you know, start following you and kind of wanting to mm-hmm. do recipes. Do you like you must like to cook? You like to cook? Yeah, I love to cook. Um, so. Uh, I've pretty much been um, at home after school by myself ever since I was 12 years old. So it was a lot of playing around with like instant noodles at first and then learning how to cook an egg. So um, I grew up cooking quite a bit. Um, but definitely when I started to eat a little bit healthier, that was when I looked up recipes and how to make recipes, tweak recipes. And um, yeah, I really do like cooking. So That's awesome. 
You're better so, than me. I don't like to cook that much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very simple now. I don't do the extravagant things anymore. I used to, but... Well, you don't have any time. You're doing all this stuff. You don't have any time to cook. You need someone to cook for I you. <laughs> I know. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's great. I I love to listen to your passion about your job and um, just kind of how you fell into dietetics is so interesting. And uh, I think I yeah. find you very... I love your, I was just telling you before we started about your charcuterie bouquet instead of flowers on your Instagram. It's seriously one of my favorite posts I've ever seen because I love charcuterie. So I will definitely love to continue to follow your journey on, on social media as well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and what do you kind of see? I know that I said, you know, where do you kind of see yourself? But do you see yourself kind of working in clinical or do you have I mean, I know you love to travel too. So where do you kind of see Jason going in the future? You know, I I do really like clinical, but knowing my personality and just, I need to really satisfy my creative side of things. So I do see myself branching off into just only private practice, Mm -hmm. Um, but not for a couple of years at least, but I have coworkers who are trying to push me out of the nest and make me do it and just go for it. And um, it's scary just to be on your own. Right. So I'm slowly going into it. Well, that's I think really what I want to do at the end of the day. And, you know, just having the thought of having my own office somewhere and a little plaque on my desk. And (laughs) that really excites me. So, (laughs) yeah, no, it sounds like you're you're well on your way. But I understand like it is scary. It's scary to take that leap into just being your own your own deal. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm just very happy that at my age, I've been able to find like what I'm passionate about because I know people they struggle with this. No, they go through two or three different career changes and they still can't find what they actually love where I can you know without one bit of doubt say that this is what I want to do forever and ever. And, and that's why I get so excited about it. And, um, and I just feel very lucky in that sense. And yeah, that's great. Do you still love animals? Are you still an animal lover? I do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I definitely don't have as many pets as I do did before. At one point, I had over 13 fish tanks in my house. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, I know. And I've had lizards. I've had snakes, turtles, birds, you name it. I've had it. Um, but now I only have one little kitty. So <laughs> oh, you're a it. kitty. You have a kitty. What's your kitty's name? His name is Nugget. Um, I got him in my first year of university when I was having a chicken McNugget phase, hence the name. <laughs> and That's yeah, awesome. he's a little, little angel. I love him very dearly. Aw, well, yeah, you wouldn't have time to take care of 13. Fish tanks are, that's no, a lot of work. Gosh, but yeah, at one point I used to buy fish from Thailand and have them shipped over here. So I would have pure bloodlines and do my own breeding projects. I got really nerdy. Yeah, you did. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that that just makes the whole rounding of you as a human that you just love pets and you love cooking and you love helping people. It's just all the great things about you. I have lots of things I get excited about. (laughs) That's good. That is so good. And it it gets other people. It gets me excited listening to you be excited about those things and dietetics. 
So that's why I love having these conversations. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah, they are fun. I love it. And I, I would, you know, it's like we would probably never get a talk unless we did this. So this is kind of fun. Yeah, and that's why I was so happy when I found your podcast. I was like, oh my gosh, finally. I can listen to dietitians talking about just dietetics. And- dietitians. Because <laughs> yeah, I love podcasts. They're like my everything. So Me too. Like two of my worlds colliding into one. And I've been telling everyone I've been so excited for this today. <laughs> <laughs> well, good, good. I'm so thankful that you had the time to, to do this with mm-hmm. me today. Well, I'm excited to continue to follow your journey, but I also have to ask you now that I'm calling them my hard questions because everyone yes. says these are the hardest questions to answer. Okay, so, I'm ready. What food or foods do you enjoy? Oh, um, you know, my favorite food is an apple, but <laughs> I am an apple snob. And I feel like I have the right to be one because I live in BC and we're like really big on our apples here. Have you ever had an ambrosia apple? No, I have oh my not. Gosh, you have to? I don't know if they're available outside Vancouver or BC, but um, they're, they were kind of grown and developed in BC and they are just the most, like they're very reliable apples. First of all, they're always crunchy. They're never mushy, never grainy. They're mm. always super sweet. With like just like a slight hint of tartness, so you never get like that coyly gross taste in your mouth. Yes. And um, yeah, they're just my favorite apples. They're the only apples I will eat for the most part, unless I am you know forced to do otherwise. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> apples. Hey, I'm writing that down. Ambrosia. May, I know, I'm gonna have to look. I'll have to ask one of my produce managers if we could. Get you have that. to. Yes. I will. It's a mission. what uh beverages do you enjoy or beverage oh um you know on a daily basis definitely my coffee um yeah coffee for me is more so about the ritual than anything else it just gets me started for the day it's my drink of like comfort um but i also enjoy a lot of wine so (laughs) those two (laughs) I are you a red or a white liker? Um, no, I'm red for the most part. Red, yeah, me too. Yeah. I kind of like that red wine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you have a favorite color? I do. Uh, yellow. That's a happy color. I yeah. yeah, I don't wear color. Um, my whole wardrobe is black, white, and gray, occasionally with hints of blue. Um, but I love the color yellow. Um. I don't know why they're just so bright and like happy and cheerful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very glad this podcast app we're using has a yellow background because it's been very <laughs> nice to stare at for the last 49 minutes. <laughs> it's nice and bright and cheery. Yeah. Maybe there's some science oh, behind that. Maybe they did yeah, that. I'm sure this is. <laughs> Do you have a favorite scent or a smell? Oh, um, it's not, it sounds kind of gross, but I love the smell of my cat. Like You're not kidding. after he poops, but like just a smell of his fur. Um, you know, I love to stick my face in his belly and just like Aww. cuddle him up there, and he just is a comforting cat yes. smell. Yeah, I, I, realize I sound like a cat lady right now, but I promise <laughs> it's not as weird as it sounds. <laughs> nope, I know exactly what you mean, so <laughs> I can resonate with that. Perfect. <laughs> and Jason, what brings you joy in life? Um. 
Ooh. Nature, nature, definitely nature. Um, I can't imagine myself ever leaving BC because we're so lucky with the variety of nature here. Um, no, if you feel like seeing a forest, you can easily find one. If you want to see an ocean, you can get one. Mountains, deserts, lakes, like we have it all here. And I think because I need my quiet time, that's really where I get it. So yeah, nature brings me a lot of joy. That sounds so nice. What a lot of great options. Yeah, yeah, you definitely have to visit. I do, I do, and if I do, I, I we will have to meet in real life because it is on oh, my bucket. Hundred percent. Yes. For sure. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing your story and your journey so far, and I look forward to staying in touch and reconnecting and seeing how you're doing in the future. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. It's been so much fun. What I loved the most about our conversation is just how real Jason is. I appreciate him sharing how many of us really go through so many different things during the internship, especially emotionally, and then also working in the hospital and working with clients in a private practice. It's hard for us to say no to some things and to people, and it's great to hear Jason has realized this early in his career, and that's okay. As dietitians, boundaries are very important, and I have to thank him for reminding me of this. And I hope it also gets you to think about it too, and how you're going to set those own boundaries for you. My website, AnnaElizabethRD.com, is where you can read the latest post in my Nutrition Nosh blog that houses all the stories of my hell yeah happenings, my adventures, food I am eating and loving, the music that's inspiring my life and a few workouts here and there, and maybe a really delicious real deal recipe. At the end, I always like to share things that I'm loving right now, whether it's food or clothes or just the time of year. You'll find all my previous podcasts, show notes, and links to things we talked about during all my conversations with these amazing people. If you like to read and you would like to read about being a dietitian, you can also purchase my book from the website. I hope we can connect more by joining forces on all of our social media, being supportive, and finding each other. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest at AnnaElizabethRD. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters. 